Good morning from Fort Myers, Florida. This is the Chip and Gary Tennis Show, and today we're going to talk a little bit about Chip Hooper. My name is Gary Plock, and Chip uh, is going to talk a little bit about how he came up and got to the point where he was a top 20 in the world tennis player and got to play many greats of the game and saw all the venues that we all watch on TV and wish we could have played. Chip, how are you doing this morning? All right. So, Chip, how did it all start for you? Well, it started as, like, it was just something fun to do. Uh, in, the, in the juniors, that was a, a good player as a eight and I played eight and under, ten and under, and all of that, twelve and under. Where but was that? In uh, in the Northern California uh, section. And um, I ended up being uh, third ranked in the country, United States, in the twelve and unders. But uh, you're talking 1970, so it really wasn't a professional aspiration kind of thing. It was just something I liked to do, and I had fun with it, and travel around the country. And uh, but my thing that I really liked to do was uh, snow skiing. So I put the rackets down and head to the slopes. So September, October, November, December, January, uh, half of February, and by the first week of March, I start practicing again. Well, that's very interesting to me because, you know, we're in an era now where junior tennis, uh, these kids are playing 12 months a year. There is no off season. How do, you, how do you feel about that from your personal experience of taking five months off? Well, what, for me, it was, it was much different because I was enjoying life and things that I had a good time with in being uh, 10,000 feet up, uh, going down some real steep skiing the mountains and skiing the, the diamonds and the black diamonds because I was an expert, was really fabulous. And it actually helped me in my uh, tennis exploits because athletically, I was really prepared uh, for um, the rigors of, of tennis because I was able to uh, have really, really good balance. So that was that was good, and and plus when I was playing, you know, 1971 in the early 70s, it was just something fun to do. And then I moved on and I went to junior college at Kenyatta College. And um, played there and played my last year at Kalamazoo in the junior, 18 and under. And uh, ended up that year ranked uh, 
17 in singles. And then uh, a good friend of mine from way, way, way back convinced me to transfer and I went to Memphis State. Well, that was a difficult time because Memphis 77, 78 was uh, going through lots of turmoil and it affected me as well. So I wasn't happy there and I transferred to Arkansas. Uh, at uh, the request of a guy named Ron Hightower, and, and I have since thanked him for that. It was really, really nice. And they took care of me up there and got me, got my head on straight. And I ended up being, I think, finished the year in my second year, number one in the country. And uh, then I went on to the tour and did really great things. But yeah, it was it was my time at Arkansas, and I'm eternally grateful for that because I grew up a lot there. Ron Hightower was a good player in his own right. Uh, he another California boy mm -hmm. with a big another boy with a big serve like Chip Hooper. Yeah, maybe not quite as big, but I I had to face it one time and came out on the wrong end of that. Yeah, it's easy to do when he was on. He's very difficult to play. And then, what was the tour like? Well, this was really interesting about it is when I came on, there was uh, I was uh, like a, a a unique type of person and athlete because they didn't see anybody like me. What do you mean by that? Well, tall. Okay, you're six six. Yeah, athletic, and I was very physical and and I had a, a, a really big serve and I could serve and I could move it around and do all kinds of things with it and one year I was I got a wild card into the qualifier of what I, tournament US Open and I remember looking up into the crevice on the side court, and a lot of professional players were watching my match, which did not happen. Because now the guys, they stay in the hotels and whatnot, but they were watching my match. I guess they were getting ready for me. I don't know. But... Um, Who were you playing in that match? I think the last match was Ben Testament. And I uh, took him out convincingly. Ben Testerman was a great player. He sure great was. He junior champion and out of Knoxville, Tennessee, and uh, another lefty yeah. like myself. Yeah, he was a good player and uh, ended up being eventually going on to bigger and better things. He was ranked in the 30s, if I'm not mistaken. He was ranked in the 30s, and uh, his father, Kyle Testerman, was the mayor of Knoxville. Yeah, I like that man. Kyle. Kyle. Yeah, Kyle Testerman. I hope he's still alive. <laughs> no, unfortunately, I don't think he is. Oh, man, he was, he was a real friendly man, and one of these kind of guys had a real easy way about him, and you're always laughing. I remember because of things he would say. But anywho, huh? So then, yeah, I I lose next round to somebody I don't remember. 
But the thing uh, uh, that I saw was that the next year when I was just coming out of college because I was still in college the first time, I was, uh, I had a much better summer season and then I was uh, given a wild card into the main draw and uh, I won my first round. But the whole thing was different because I really felt like I belonged there. And the players were much more receptive of me. What about the rigors of the travel on the pro tour? No, what yeah. No, later. Yeah, that was something else. Okay. But remember, we've been doing this since, a lot of us, since we were young. So it really wasn't a big deal that way. It was just the thing that was awe-inspiring about all of that was the uh, the the crowds of people that would come to see you, and the uh, expectations were a little bit higher. So you had to be a little bit more professional and. You know, this is early, you're talking like in the early 80s, and there wasn't a whole lot of, I mean, tennis was professional, but the players weren't really professional. That's changed. In, in what way were they not that professional? They were practicing as much, and I mean, nowadays, I mean, they, they, they're dieting and training and lifting. Yeah, I mean, they're doing all kinds of things. But in those days, it was pretty much uh, a little bit more than than just a hobby. But now it's very different, and I've seen that. I've I've been to a few of the tournaments, and yeah, it's a whole lot. I guess I, I can only say that it's different. Uh, the players are not as personable as when I first came on because when I first came on, I came on at the, at the end of the Australian era and those guys are really friendly. They would speak of Labor and uh, Fred Stolle and John Newcomb. I mean, plus they knew you, Bjorn Borg. They would actually talk to you. Jimmy Connors. Mm, Jimmy and Ely Nastasi. They all had nicknames for you. You'd be laughing most of the time. And they're very friendly. And it took the edge out of it. Now, like I said, the guys are much more, uh, I hate to say it, but it's a little bit robotic out there. And I don't miss that at all. What about uh, Wimbledon? Mm. What was different about Wimbledon? Well, Wimbledon, I tell you, I never knew the name of the tournament. I always thought it was called Wimbledon. It is not called Wimbledon. It is called the Championships for viewers out there, so you guys know that. It's played in Wimbledon, which is a... Uh, uh, a, a little hamlet outside of village outside of London 
and it's played at the All England Lawn Tennis Club, and it's it's just a little tennis club. But they've had it all fixed up and sectioned off because there's so many dang people that come there. It's a little bit uh, awe-inspiring when you're there because it is the biggest thing going in Europe. And you look at it and you never, you, you'd be surprised who you see. When I was there last, uh, coaching a player, I looked, but there was a Dirk Nowitzki was there, big giant guy. He was there. Um, I'd even, I'd even seen Grace Jones. She was there. And I don't, I can't think of anybody else, but I'm sure there are lots and lots and lots of celebrity type people at, at the event. And uh, yeah, it's, as a player, it don't, it don't get no better. Who, do you remember who you played in your first match at Wimbledon? My first, my first match at Wimbledon, uh, yes. I played on court one. I played again in Peter McNamara, and he was eight in the world. Peter McNamara and Paul McNamee, and he's probably number one or number two in the world in doubles. Mm-hmm. That's right. Australian. Friendly chap. Yeah, I took him out, and then it rained for a week. <laughs> you took him out. You upset him in the first round, the eight seed. The eight seed. And then it rained for a week. Right, a week straight, so I couldn't play. And the only thing he did was talk about me. So I guess that was uh, tabloid headlines when you took McNamara out over uh-huh. there. But but not really because. I I had a game that really distracted him because I could serve so ferociously and he didn't have that giant serve as I. He had a whole bunch of other things, but not not that. And he got nervous and made mistakes and, and I just stuck with my guns and I think I beat him in four sets. But I never thought I was ever in any danger. And then... After the week of rain, what happened? Then I played Russell Simpson, who was an experienced grass court player. And it was the guy, and one of the guys that I should not have played because it was too difficult. And uh, it rained a bunch too. And I lost that one 11 9 5th. And the way that it was going to be set up is that were I to win that match, I would have been playing Davis Cup a few months later. Because up up until Wimbledon, I had not lost to anybody out of the top 10 in the world. Where did you stay at Wimbledon? Mm. Is there a specific hotel that most of the players stayed at? Yeah. It was called the Gloucester Hotel. It was in Chelsea, I think. I see. Yeah, and, uh, pretty close to uh, King's Road, which is the happening street in London. Yeah. So in those days, were the players going out with each other and hanging out together, or were you say more so than they do now, where they're kind of 
cordoned off with their team and their coaches? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, the the Americans were notorious for not uh, socializing with others. So, uh, but the Italians would be with the Italian, and the French would be with the French, that kind of thing. Germans with Germans, and Americans would be with whomever. And then what? Then it was the American circuit in the summer? Oh, yeah, yeah, the U.S. summer circuit, mm hmm Yeah, um... Grass at uh, Newport and other types of things, and then you would go after that. I think it was uh, Washington, Cincinnati, and something else in the U.S. Open. So it was pretty pretty quick. I see. And how'd you do that summer? Not that well. Not that well. But then I played Roscoe at the U.S. Open. Roscoe Tanner took about. At the U.S. Open? Mm hmm And then what happened? Uh, you know, you're talking 37 years ago. I can't tell you. I remember every darn thing. <laughs> but I just remember the beginning. I see. 